You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the series, Converting Your Primary Resources. We're going to continue in our study. We're talking about wisdom. Wisdom is a commodity that comes from God. It is a primary resource. You can make money if you learn how to convert the wisdom that God gives you. Wisdom produces substance. It produces things that are beneficial to mankind. There's a doctor who came from my hometown. He was in the military during the Vietnam War. And one of the things that he noticed, being a doctor in, uh, in country during the war, was he had far more trouble with soldiers in the hospital due to terrible allergy problems than he did with battlefield wounds. And so he worked to create solutions for those allergies that were rampant in that part of the world. And he created uh, uh, some things that really worked. When he brought home this knowledge, he began to implement this, and he patented this, and he sold it and made good money. And it was a service to people. People were glad to pay it because they found relief from their allergies. And so what I want you to see is this wisdom that he was forced to pursue when he was in this battlefield situation, was something of great value that could be traded for financial blessing later on. Now, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. That's Proverbs 8, 12, and that is the King James Version. The King James renders it in this way, and I love it because I think it really brings out the evidence of Hebrew poetry. And here's what Hebrew poetry is. It is two things that are very similar, that are stated one idea after the other. They are slightly different, and it reminds me of the Viewmaster that we used to have as kids. When you put the little round cylinder or disc into your Viewmaster, you were actually looking at two different images, one with your left eye, one with your right eye. And because you see the two images that are taken from a slightly different perspective, you have the illusion of looking at something in 3D. There seems to be depth to what it is you're looking at. That's what Hebrew poetry is all about. It is two things that are similar, not opposite, two similar things that are stated so as to give you a 3D look at the idea God wants to get across. Prudence is not wisdom. It's similar, but it is a wonderful complement to wisdom. And so here's how they are different. Prudence is the ability to perceive the results or effect of an action before that action is executed. Okay, here's a great verse in Proverbs. It says, a prudent man foreseeth the evil. In other words, he sees trouble is going to come for something, 
and he hides himself from it. In other words, he takes measures to step away from the evil before the evil happens. Prudent people are people who are able to see the future. Wisdom is something that we learn about for the now. We do this now. But when you become prudent, you begin to see things before they happen. I came to Tulsa, Oklahoma as a visitor in 1977. I came to a large camp meeting. There were several thousand people at the camp meeting. While I was here as a children's minister coming from a small church of 200 people out in West Texas, I saw two opportunities when I was in that camp meeting. The Holy Spirit opened my eyes to them while I was in the services. First of all, while I was sitting in these services at night, I couldn't help but notice that there were hundreds of children who were getting up, going to the restroom, coming back. Parents were having to leave, take their children out. I saw that there was a need for a children's church service during the time of the camp meeting. I offered my services, I sent pictures of the things that I did, and of course the people who ran the camp meeting knew a little bit about me, and they had heard about my children's ministry, and the next year, and for the next 10 years, I did the children's church services in that camp meeting. That alone opened up the door for me to travel all over America. There were all kinds of people who found out about me, because of what they saw and experienced firsthand with me ministering to children in those camp meeting services. That was the first opportunity. The second opportunity was this. I was writing a curriculum for my church to be used in my church alone. And when I was in those camp meeting services, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to publish your curriculum and make it available to all of these churches. That was the beginning of my Faith Roots curriculum. And it was two years before it came out, but two years later, my curriculum was available to all those churches. Now, when you learn to see and bring about answers to other people's problems, you can be rewarded. A lot of people think this is greed. Greed is not Uh, what we describe here. This is not greed at all. Greed is the desire to obtain wealth without providing an equitable exchange. I remember some years ago, uh, a guy on national television on a program was talking about why people do what they do in order to make money. And it was his opinion that people do what they do to make money simply because of greed. And no doubt there are some people who are greedy who make money. But when you approach it from a totally different level, I ran a ministry that made kids' TV programs that went all over America. I taught 250,000 children's workers face-to-face in the years that I traveled and did children's ministry. I published a curriculum that went to more than 60 different countries. And so I did all of that without many donations at all. In fact, during the peak of my children's ministry in 1991, 94% of my revenue came from sales. Only 6% came from 
donations. Now, in the beginning, I didn't have any money to do any of the things that I needed to do. But the Holy Spirit showed me that if I would begin to make products that people wanted so that I could sell those to kids, I could fund my ministry. It was slow coming, but that's exactly what I did. And I found a way to make an exchange. In other words, wisdom and prudence gave me the opportunities to do the things that I wanted to do in ministry. Now let me ask you this question. Was I being greedy by going after this money in order so that I could make a kid's TV show? Was I taking advantage of people? Was I ripping people off because I sold them a Sunday school curriculum that they could use in their classes at a reasonable price? No, that's not greed at all. That's exchange. God blesses that. So very often people make big mistakes because they do not understand what greed really is. You're greedy when you want money without putting something back that's of equal value. As long as there's equal value, there is no greed. So when you look for money without making a contribution to the people you get the money from, then you're being greedy. But when you're putting something of great value into their hands, it is not greed. And so that's the teaching of Scripture. Now, prudent people have the ability to see these opportunities. And they have the ability to see problems before they happen, and they solve those problems before they happen. Now, we see in the story of David and Goliath how King Saul was not a prudent man at all. Because prudent people recognize that they are going to be blessed when they stay in the lane that God equipped them to flow in. David was a shepherd. He was an expert with a slingshot and with a shepherd's club. He had used them to great effect before he ever came to the battlefield where Goliath was. When David said that he would fight the giant, the king wanted David to go out with his own armor. Let's read it. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. 1 Samuel 17.32 Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Now David rehearses the story of how that he kept his father's sheep, and he killed a lion, then a bear, with his shepherd's equipment. He also said... The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So David understood the principle that when he worked, God worked. And he said, I killed the lion, the bear, but he said, the Lord helped me to kill the lion and the bear. He saw that principle. Now here's what King Saul wanted David to do. He wanted David to give up what he had been working with. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head and also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them, 
And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Wow. David understood, if I go into battle like this, I will surely be defeated because I have no experience with these weapons. You see, when you are operating with wisdom and with integrity, you stay in the flow that God equipped you to operate in. You are offering things that you're familiar with. As I told you the story of me taking the children's ministry things that I had studied and perfected and making those available to other people, I was not operating in greed. I was operating with prudence. I am providing things that I have proven, things that I knew would work. And it wasn't just some scheme that I had to get money. Now listen to this. This is verse 40, and it's fascinating. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now, David prepared for the worst-case scenario. In other words, he went down to fight with Goliath using weapons that he had proven, and he also picked up five stones because he'd heard that Goliath was one of five brothers. He didn't know if there would be others who would come out. One of the things that I learned to do in all of my business dealings was this. When we borrowed money or launched a project, I said, what if it doesn't work exactly like we think? What if only half the money comes in that we expect to make? And that's how I built my business. Because I learned that you never see maximum results. You never get your wildest dreams most of the time. I learned to make it on just partial receipts, but it was still enough. David was prudent. He prepared for the worst case scenario. He also prepared to be able to use the tools he was thoroughly familiar with. The scripture says this in Judges 20 and verse 16, Among all this people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. This is describing the men of Benjamin, a tribe that lived not far from David and Judah. And they were so proficient with slingshots that they could sling at hairs and not miss. I think that was the case with David as well. It was no miracle then that David hit Goliath in the forehead because he was an expert with a slingshot. It didn't take a miracle for him to hit Goliath in the head. What we see is God's anointing was on David's skill. That's why it's so important for you to develop a skill and get really good at it because God's anointing will be on your skill. So many people are taught that God doesn't care anything about your money that we don't even bother to develop skills. We think that if God wants me to have money, he'll bring it. If he doesn't, it isn't going to come. But that's not the way it works. God blesses your skill. David developed his skill. He stayed with his skill, and he knew that his skill would work against Goliath. That's why he was bold enough to go tell Goliath, I'm going to take your head off your shoulders. And he did. 
So you can see then that prudence is the ability to see the future. It's the ability to see an opportunity. David saw an opportunity to strike the giant in the head, and he took it. It's all the time I have for today. We'll pick up here tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.